Hey everyone, welcome to episode 13 of season 2 of Living Lunar. It's January 2nd. I guess this is the, the first lunation of 2022. The new moon is upon us. For many people, the numerical turning over of the Gregorian calendar is a time to reflect on the previous year, set intentions for the upcoming one, and take stock of what the advancement of the dial means for our personal age and stage of life. Many cultures, religious systems, philosophies, and traditional ways of being do not necessarily mark this time as the end of a cycle or segment, but even within those spaces, the incrementation of the numbers still has weight. If nothing else, the implication that the Earth has traveled another orbit around the Sun is meaningful, even if Pope Gregory XIII's arrangement of dates and times are not. We see the artifacts of history all over the names for the months and days. A small but obvious and often overlooked example is the names of the months September through December are named after the Latin words for the numbers 7 through 10, but these are the 9th through 12th months in our calendar. The reason for that, over time, is that other months were inserted in the beginning of this old calendar we use, and these original months were never renamed. If there's a significance to all of this, it's the time, or at least the human experience of it, is often made up to suit our immediate needs. Whether it's collectively pretending that time has sprung forward or fallen back an hour for dubious agricultural or energy efficiency reasons, or how the immediate nature of international communication in the information age drives home that it can simultaneously be tomorrow's daytime and yesterday's evening, depending on your location on the earth, we see it all around us in everyday life. As complex as this is to us, it is also of no significance to the universe at large. If we scale the time span of the life of a star to fit into a manageable display, then a single human life is too brief to visually present on that scale. Yet to the person whose time we cannot represent, those 80 or so years we may have in this embodied experience, that span is quite literally a lifetime of ours. And so, as each year turns, we attempt to place it in the context of our own particular existence. I'm not personally one for New Year's resolutions. The idea that we're going to draw a line in the sand and adopt a new way of being by sheer force of will is, to me, another example of egotistical patriarchal thinking. Habits form by repetition over time, and often what we're told about habits are merely the responses, the coping mechanisms we've developed in response to our daily experiences in the world. To truly change them is necessarily deeper than simply saying, I will initiate change. Why have we formed a particular habit in the first place? Do we use it, as I believe we often do, as a coping mechanism? If so, what is the underlying situation that we're coping with? Is there a more healthy, fulfilling, expansive, or restorative way that we can manage that underlying situation? Do we need to change something fundamental about ourselves, our lives, or livelihood, our relationships to ourselves and others? Do we need therapy or a diagnosis and medication? There are often so many layers to what on the surface seems like a straightforward moral or character failing, if we're to believe polite society, that is. But looking deeper than that and discovering what's really there is essential for long-term growth and understanding. If we want to quit eating candy, or maybe drinking coffee is a better example, it could be as simple as we enjoy the taste and feel of a warm coffee as part of our morning routine, or it could be as complex as we need the caffeine to set our brains on the path each morning because we don't get enough sleep at night. We may not get enough sleep for benign temporary reasons, or we may stay up too late at night 
to wake comfortably the next morning because of mental health or other reasons. If the morning coffee is a coping mechanism, then deciding arbitrarily one day is bad for my health, my teeth, my wallet, so it's gone, could be a bad decision if we haven't done the work in the other areas to correct our sleep and break out of that cycle. I'm not saying this, by the way, to give an excuse for continuing bad habits, more to say that recognizing the habit is a good first step, and we need to be kinder to ourselves and more intentional at the same time. The rip the band-aid off culture has its place for insignificant things, but for those things that have bigger places in our lives, it's not too helpful. If we don't take the time to have periods of introspection and learn about ourselves, then we may never know the difference. If we don't know that difference, and can we be effectively we can be effectively sweeping our own legs out from under ourselves with sudden and misplaced commitments to rapid change as we have tended to do with this podcast let's move into some tarot pulls now around this line of thinking as ever i pull for myself your mileage may vary and i encourage you to figure this out in whatever way resonates for you personally so the questions that i came up with one what is underlying my current experience Two, where should I look to initiate change? Three, what is the container in which this change would grow? Four, what are the interconnections to this change within myself? And five, how would I best support this change? And so for those questions, I pulled the ace of wands, the six of wands, the three of wands, the nine of wands, and the ten of swords. <laughs> so for question one, um, what is underlying my current experience? That was the ace of wands. So all aces are about new growth, and this particular ace represents creativity and the passion of the discovery and exploration of new ideas. In this context, it's not difficult to imagine the ace as representing the desire to move forward, to create, to have energy and be energetic. So for question two, where should I look to initiate change? Pull the six of wands. For those who are following along from the previous episode, we also pulled the six of wands last week, about which I said sometimes interpreted as a triumphant return or a moment of recognition on the journey, the Six of Wands is about seeing where your advocacy is coming from. I think this makes sense here too, that I should look to where I am supported, to who is in my corner, to remember that I can be in my own corner myself. Initiating change from a place of power makes sense. The three, what is the container in which this change would grow? Well, the Three of Wands. There's a contemplation in this card. The traditional Smith Rider Waite imagery shows a person on a cliff looking out over a vast sea, three wands stuck in the soil with their hand on one of the wands, the implication of this often being interpreted as the moment of choice before action or change. The wand has been chosen. If the three of wands is the container, then the growth comes from the weighing of options and the making of decisions, which also makes good sense. For four, what are the interconnections to this change within myself? Well, the nine of wands. The figure in the traditional Smith Rider Waite art for this card has an expression that I've often interpreted as exasperation or even contempt for the wall of wands they've built. They began this project in good faith, of course, and have progressed far. But in the work still to do, the weight of what they've built presses heavily onto them. They've lost perspective and are working to finish what they started so that it will be done. Not for any lofty end goal or joy of contemplation, but simply so that this task will finally be over. I've often distanced myself from the joy of the idea, from the thrill of the finished product. Whenever I build things, whether physical or with code, 
I tend to be glad that the journey is finally over, rather than appreciative of the creation I've brought into the world. In the Tarot, the Ten of Wands comes after the Nine, and I think that the Nine is showing up here for me to remind me that it's not the last stop on the journey, and that even when I complete a project, I often leave myself mentally at this step and don't allow myself the true celebration of completeness. And then for five, how would I best support this change, the Ten of Swords? Depictions of this card can be quite powerful, such as in the Smith Rider Weight, where a person is shown face down with ten swords protruding from their back. I tend to view this card as enforced rest, or the mini death that comes when we're so exhausted that we're unable to engage even when we want to. I often don't sleep very well. I go to bed too late and need to wake up too early, and then inevitably fall asleep at some point once my obligations are satisfied. And I don't mean that I go back to bed, I mean that I'll lean back in my chair or take a seat on the sofa and wake up an hour later having no recollection of falling asleep in the first place. This is not a good way to be. <laughs> and the Ten of Swords showing up to answer this question of support only reinforces that I need to take better care of myself where sleep is concerned. I also want to honour that these interpretations are fairly simplistic and fairly direct conversations relating to these, relating these cards to the questions I came up with. I think this is largely because the questions themselves are broad and generic, therefore the tarot will tend to give you broad responses. I think asking questions about like a specific part of your life or digging deeper into the practical tend to yield more profound results. Being as specific as possible is usually good, although the bigger picture can of course sometimes be helpful, which is always the thing with, with doing these where I try to pull for myself, but, you know, just kind of make it generic enough that hopefully at least has some value to people who are listening um i think with that that's about what i have for the episode today obviously we're starting a new year and hope things will get better in the world and um all those kinds of things and then yeah i do um stream the podcast recording live on twitch and i stream some video games when i'm not streaming the podcast recording so um all those links and things are in the description if, if anybody listening to this through the podcast platforms wants to stop on by. And um, yeah, thanks everyone.